Hi everyone, my name is Johnny McCormick and you're listening to Spoke. Hey everyone, this week on Spoke we're joined by the legendary Matthew Thompson, the creator of Best of Belfast. If you don't know anything about Best of Belfast, it started life as an Instagram account to share beautiful shots of the city of Belfast, aimed at helping locals fall in love with where they live. Since then, it's grown to an offline community, hosting meetups and a podcast with some of the best characters, creators and folks who make Belfast what it is. Matthew is a wonderful community builder, and Best of Belfast is testament to that. In this episode, we'll cover how Matthew fell in love with Belfast in quite an unconventional way, how he changed his mind about his three life rules, and how he approaches building communities. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you could take the time to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It'll take you about a minute, and it'll help us massively. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy. So Matthew, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Really, really excited to have you here. Yeah, man, absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Um, So I think if people are listening to this podcast that might know you, they probably know you from um, the Best of Belfast Instagram account and podcast. Um, And I must say, I'm a big, big fan. You share some beautiful shots of the city. You've got some really, really interesting guests on on the podcast. So for anyone who hasn't checked it out, I'd I'd highly recommend it. But I'm interested to know how you would describe yourself or how you would introduce yourself to someone who's maybe listening to this podcast that's not familiar with you. Yeah, so I would probably introduce myself as a storyteller. And that word is like extremely overused and it's turned into a bit of a cliche. It feels like every social media marketer or every single advertiser, you know, we're all storytellers and we're all, you go on LinkedIn and everyone's kind of wee bow. It's like, and I'm also a storyteller. Uh, for me, I really love to share other people's stories. I always have been really, really interested in uh, the stories that haven't been told and people who are on the fringes, but then also kind of like underdogs and even the kind of bigger dogs, like the bigger guys, the the more famous women, famous men for uh, people who've achieved big things or people who are just well known for whatever reason. I've always loved to hear stories, like dive deep into who they are, kind of into their psyche. I'm a big fan of the Tim Ferriss show. I, you know, let everybody know that people maybe think that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing something like the Tim Ferriss show. 100% he's a massive inspiration of mine because he sits down with people and he dives deep into who they are, why they do what they do, as opposed to just like a quick journalist 250 word article that you'd read online i love diving deep into that more kind of slow cooked journalism and that's definitely something that i'm trying to do in this season of my life with best belfast yeah that's really really interesting when did that start matthew like is this a new development or have you always been interested in people's stories so i think something that people don't really know about me is i'm actually a massive introvert uh so as a child i was painfully shy uh like i remember being always the guy in the class who was really really quiet i remember being on stage for various uh plays and stuff and just breaking down into tears or you know going to perform for like the the carol service or something and just actually like weeping with just like nerves yeah yeah. and when i was 11 i had a big change in my life it kind of came it was, i describe it as like my peter parker moment and i got contact lenses and i ditched the glasses and was out and about and all of a sudden 
just for some reason we went on holiday to Spain one year and just connected with a whole bunch of strangers my age and just connected with them and I was outside my own environment and I felt confident and I felt empowered and I for some reason felt like the life and the soul of the party and was just like oh my goodness I have confidence I can put myself out there and going through my kind of teenage years then I always loved approaching people I always loved going and connecting with people finding out who they are what do you get up to and just asking loads and loads and loads and loads of questions and I think my introvertism not sure if that's a word has served me well because it's always given me a desire to listen first and so all the way through my teens whether it was people in school or uh, people on the street and then later on in my life uh, you know podcast guests or you know in meetings or at networking events or whatever just really actually learning to ask questions and listen but not just the small talk not just kind of the like I said earlier actually diving deep and asking maybe questions that strangers usually wouldn't ask each other and just learning how to tease the best story out of people and also just listen and learn when to shut up and learn when to poke a wee bit or learn when to step back. So for me, it's just this, it's been this big experiment, I'd say for me, of just learning how to get stories out of people and learning what makes people tick. A lot of times, I'm especially interested in people who are seem to be quite boring. You know, you accountants get a bad rap you know people like that i love actually getting to chat to someone like that on an event and actually seeing actually what what really really pushes your buttons why is it that you absolutely love this thing that to the outside world isn't really that interesting so i don't know i've just always been really interested in people uh people are definitely the most important thing in my life and the thing that i'm most passionate about and every single project that i I turn myself to is always kind of people centric so that's that's where all that probably came from yeah, that's super interesting. It's it's uh, funny you share about your Peter Parker moment when you discarded your glasses. I'm suddenly feeling super self-conscious because I'm sitting here <laughs> in a pair of glasses that I just picked up yesterday. So uh, perhaps I need to go and invest in some contact lenses for myself. No, it's all good, bro. It's all in your mind. <laughs> here, I'm really interested to find out where the inspiration, idea, motivation came from to start Um this best of Belfast idea? Because I think it started as your Instagram account initially, right? And then it's grown from there. Is that is that correct? Yeah, 100%. So where did that, like, where did you come up with this idea? Where did that, where did that sort of seed begin to germinate? Okay, so there's a very long version of the story and there's a shorter one. So we'll probably shoot for like middle of the road. <laughs> um, when I was 18, I hated Northern Ireland. Couldn't wait to get out of the country was fed up with school, was fed up with education. Everyone was going to uni and I was like, I do not want to go and do another four years of education. I just want to get out. I want to explore. I want to travel. I want to see the world, blah, blah, blah. All these kind of angsty, typical teenage sort of feelings. And so I did. And when I was 18, I went to Rwanda for three months in East Africa with an organization called Tear Fund. And that was this kind of like real gangster, like, British government program that was going on where you only had to pay something like 800 pound for three months and they would back the rest so I was like oh my word David Cameron he was prime minister at the time David Cameron's going to pay for me to go go around Africa like this is absolutely class and ended up going and it was a really 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 like impactful time for me and it completely blew the doors off my brain Uh, my small little I mean I was born in Lagan Valley Hospital in Lisburn always grew up in kind of that Lisburn environment 
moved to McGabry whenever I was probably seven-ish and spent a lot of my time just there in the countryside and being not so much isolated, but definitely cut off from the big wide world. Mm. And so going to somewhere like Rwanda was just so far removed from my Northern Irish experience and it just absolutely rocked. It kind of rocked my world, to be very honest with you. And from there, you know, logically, I decided, well, that makes sense. Let's let's move to New York City, <laughs> uh, the complete opposite, yeah. and ended up, I was only supposed to be there for 10 months and ended up living there for three years. Yeah. So I'd left Northern Ireland and I said, I'm never going to move back. I said, I'm never going to go to university. I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be this free kind of like traveling spirit that's going to go and explore the world and, and tell stories and set up all these things and, and blah, blah, blah. And had an amazing time in New York. It was absolutely incredible. Again, it was so, so amazing to experience such a different culture. Mm-hmm. And just one of the biggest and most dynamic cities in the world is just worlds apart from, you know, Lisburn. Yeah. And learned so much. Just had my whole, my whole kind of core was challenged. My whole worldview was, oh my goodness, there's so much more. And, you know, New York's such a melting pot. There's so many people from countries from all over the world. And just to be constantly asking those questions I was talking about earlier and getting the most unique and bizarre answers, you know, answers that I couldn't get in Northern Ireland, perhaps, mm. um, was just a really, really interesting experience. So I moved, I met an amazing woman out there uh, called Jackie. Uh, Jackie is from Germany and Jackie is a nurse. And we just decided, you know what, uh, we're going to get married. And we kind of were thinking about it and we we're like, Where, what should we do? Where should we go? and didn't feel like new york was the right place for us at that time Mm. we both loved it but it was just it was hectic to be honest and even the work we were involved in was was really full-on we're like you know what let's actually like take care of the first year of our marriage and move somewhere a little more healthier for us and you know we we basically came to the decision to move to northern ireland to belfast yeah and for me that was like an absolute like what is going on right now? I can't believe that this is happening. Yeah, I yeah. said I'd never be back here. And lo and behold, I also went, decided to go back to university as well. Yeah. Uh, so your three core tenants <laughs> in life quickly went out the window. Exactly. You, you came back to Belfast. You came with a wife and you decided to go to university. Yeah. So, I, you know, I I really have been writing. is something that's really important to me. Maybe we'll talk about this later. But uh, so I'm doing a creative writing course at Queen's at the minute to try to really develop that skill yeah. um, but he you know moved back to Northern Ireland recently married just back from honeymoon and both of us were just scrambling for work mm. uh, we didn't have you know really any savings or anything like that so I started working as a gardener uh, scarifying people's grass I uh, started working for myself freelancing uh, which was very scarce work at the start yeah. and I also picked up a job co- uh, as a bicycle rider at Deliveroo. Okay. And I would say, people kind of laugh whenever I, I, I say this to them, I would say Deliveroo was probably one of the most significant moments of my life working wow. for Deliveroo. Yeah, wow. Uh, there was something about being out and about on the city streets. Something, and I, sorry, I become obsessed with like bike messenger culture when I was in New York. Uh, really, really was just, I love to cycle in the city. I love that kind of fast paced. It kind of felt like a roller coaster on the side of the street and like dodging traffic and all that type of stuff. And I was over on holiday over on holiday was visiting back home um and i saw someone with a delivery bag and i was like what are you guys doing and they're like yeah yeah we're just delivering stuff and i was like oh my word if i ever come back to northern ireland i've got to do that because it looks so cool yeah so here i was flying around belfast on the bike uh delivering burritos and pizzas and all this type of stuff and was just 
really, really blown away by Belfast. And going into the restaurants and chatting to, you know, the people making the food or chatting to the people in line or chatting to the other riders and just actually being like, oh my goodness, Belfast is absolutely incredible. And going down the side streets and learning wee shortcuts and learning the fastest way to get from A to B and seeing the street art, seeing the the new restaurants and all the exciting new businesses and the startup culture. And it just absolutely floored me. And it's kind of cheesy, but like I just completely fell in love with Belfast uh, while I was on the bike. And Best of Belfast came from that place of, oh my word, there's so much new things that I'm experiencing about a city that I've known my whole life and I want to share it. I had this kind of like conversion experience with Belfast where I went from hating it to loving it. Mm. And I was like, I want a way to bottle this up, package it up and give it to people so that they can drink it and kind of experience what I'm experiencing right now. So really simple, like uh, just decide, you know what, let's just start an Instagram page. Um, visually, I think it's a great way to to connect people to what's going on in the city. And because I was seeing so many things that I'd never seen before, I was just saying, It'd be great to actually give people this opportunity to see this street art that they didn't even have a clue that was there or see this wee side street or even if it's something, you know, kind of cliche like the city hall, but maybe from a different angle. And so Instagram was just for me, it was a good vehicle to start on to try to give people that experience of seeing Belfast in a new light. And because of my heart for storytelling, I always wanted to develop it into something like a Humans of New York type page. Yeah. And I'll make the rest of this really, really quick. We'll kind of just jump, jump everything from there. Uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to start a blog. We're going to tell stories. We're going to kind of do a Humans of New York-y type vibe. Um, whenever I went to meet up with the people that I was interviewing, I would take my phone out. I would hit record and I would ask some questions and blah, blah, blah. And then I would go home and I would write it up. Yeah. And while I was writing it up, I was listening to these people telling their stories and I was really getting into it. I was like, oh my goodness, I love the way they, they phrase that. That's amazing. And I was typing it out. And when I l- compared what I was listening to in my ears to what I was seeing on the screen and reading, there was no comparison. Right. Like the way I could communicate their story by words was so inadequate in comparison to them actually telling it themselves. So it just made sense at that stage to turn it into something bigger? It just made sense. And for me, I, I kind of had to have like a, like a real talk moment with myself yeah, yeah. where I was like, do you want to be the middleman here or do you just want to get out of the way right and for me the podcast was the perfect medium to get matthew thompson out of the way and actually allow these people to take center stage and tell their own stories yeah wow that's a really great story matthew thanks for uh thanks for sharing it so i'm interested to hear because obviously um from my perspective anyway best of belfast has kind of exploded since then so you've got you know how many followers is it you've got now on instagram uh, just about to hit twenty thousand. So we're like ten followers away. Woo woo! Yeah, that's that's crazy. So guys, go go follow him. He should have uh, he should have crested the twenty thousand by the time this goes out. I'm sure. Well, on your way to twenty one thousand, um, and now you've got the podcast going, which you know I've said already is really really super. Did you imagine that it would turn into what it has turned into? So it seems to be this sort of groundswell movement like i'll often see things on instagram where you're hosting little meetups or you did one of your your recent podcasts live like did you have that in your mind as you were cycling around belfast delivering and delivering people's supper or delivering people's dinner to them did you imagine that that's what it was going to turn into so just a, I think an important thing to say is be careful of the numbers yeah so i do agree with you 
the general kind of consensus is, oh my goodness, Best of Belfast has just come on the stage and it's just exploded and it's taken off and look at it, it's so successful, whoa. But really, a lot of those numbers are vanity metrics. Yeah. So, okay, you say 20,000 followers on Instagram. That's cool. But in, at the same time, it's also like, well, whoop de doop What does that actually do for you? Mm. In the grand scheme of things, it actually does very little. And I think... For me, I still see Best of Belfast as a very small movement and a very, very early stage project because the key metric that I look for are real deep, meaningful connections. And, you know, the podcast listener number is one of the more important numbers in my in my startup, but the most important thing for me to measure is how many people are coming to our events. Yeah. Because for me to get, to get someone to go to an environment to connect with people on Instagram, you know, connect with absolute strangers from all different parts of the community. That is what I'm most interested in. Mm. And even, you know, even the podcast itself, there's a big difference between someone listening to the show and someone listening to the very end of the show. So I always say to people, I'm re- I really love our Instagram community. It's a lot of fun. We get to do a lot of cool things with it. I really enjoy the content we put out there and how we get to use it as a platform to celebrate other people. But I would trade those 20,000 followers for 100 people who would consistently come to all of the community events that we run or, you know, a thousand dedicated podcast listeners any day of the week. Yeah. And there's a big difference between having a wide impact and having a deep impact. And at the core of Best of Belfast and what we're trying to do is all about that deep impact. But just just to answer your question, I know that was a real tangent. Uh, I don't think I did expect it to to turn into what it has today. I really just started it on a, on a whim. Yeah. And I, I definitely have no problem saying this. I'm very entrepreneurial minded. And I have started things in the past and they have been successful. And at the same time, there was a lot of, things going on in my professional life uh, and learning a lot in the advertising world and learning a lot as a freelancer, learning a lot as a copywriter, learning a lot about social media marketing and search engine optimization, all this stuff. So I think it came at a really good time because I was able to instantly apply what I was learning and use Best of Belfast almost as a guinea pig platform to experiment with marketing strategies and with how to grow followings and all this, all this different type of stuff. So Yes and no, I would suppose I would say. Yeah, that's that's really, really cool. Thanks. So you said something there that I find really interesting, this idea of creating those deep connections as opposed to wide connections that are typically, you know, talked about in terms of those we have said are vanity metrics. So number of likes, um, number of shares or th- th- those sorts of things. And one of the things that whenever we were chatting about doing this podcast together was I'd said, you know, I'd love to get your ideas or your thoughts on this idea of community. And I'd love you to just share a little bit about what your thoughts are on community. So you've already sort of touched on it, that you're going for those deep connections. But what does that mean when you've got this community that exists primarily or mostly online that you're almost trying to bring or drag into the the real world what does it look like to build a community in that context matthew yeah so at the start of best of belfast it was all about building the online community because that's what that's all it was it was a instagram page and then we you know pushed into twitter and then we pushed into facebook and then you know 
start the website, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's been really hard to make the transition from an online community to an offline community, or even even just generally speaking, it's really hard to transfer an Instagram following to a Twitter following mm. or to a, a podcast listener base. And in some ways, I think I went about it the wrong way. I automatically just assumed that because I had a big following on Instagram, I'm going to launch this podcast and it's just going to explode and just absolutely take off. Right. And there's going to be like 5,000 people listening every single episode right. right from the first episode. So that's not how it works? Is that that's what you're saying? absolutely not how it works. Right. And, that, you know, I also thought, oh, I'm going to do a meetup and there's going to be like 100 people come to the come to a meetup. And it's going to be like one of those crazy stories you hear about like, you know, people putting a Facebook event up for like a, ho- a house party and all of a sudden 5,000 people show up. And I honestly, I was going into my first meetup thinking, how am I going to deal with the police? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the, the ultimate sign of an optimist right there. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, welcome to my world. You know, I, I, am a, I do consider myself, and Jackie, my wife especially, she says I'm a real visionary person. Yeah. And, you know, I have to walk the line between managing my expectations and reality and, and uh, yeah, optimism. Maybe that's a, maybe too generous of a word to use. Right. Um, but it, it just didn't work like that. And what I've discovered is for whatever medium you want to build a community on, whether that is Twitter, whether it is a podcast, whether it is a meetup group, you have to kind of build it from the ground up. Hmm. Now, does it help to have people connected with you elsewhere? Yeah, it does. But it's the same people that are going to come to all those different projects. That was a, a bit of, that wasn't very clear what I just said. So let me just say, for example, now what I do on Instagram, it's less about chasing the vanity metrics. So I know for a fact, if I put up a, photo of the city hall with a slight sunset sort of background mm. it'll get a thousand likes mm. right yep. and i just guaranteed or you know just various different shots that i look at them and i would be like if i share that it's gonna you know it'll be successful in terms of likes yep. but now i've started to make a decision and my engagement has suffered as a result but it's something i'm prepared to do because of what my goals are of sharing things that are little bit different they're not maybe as generic or they're not maybe as i don't know i hate to use the word mainstream that makes me sound like ultra hipster which i'm completely not (laughs) um but also to further the relationships with key people connected to our community so this is no secret if people who come to the meetups i am more likely to engage with those people online because i want to develop that relationship because th- those are the types of numbers that I want to grow and uh, go deeper with. Yeah. And yeah. So how do you, so that's really, really interesting, right? Because you, you mentioned at the start, it started as this online community. You were really, really focused on building that online community because that's what it was at the start. How do you convert people from being online only, like being one of the thousand likes of your city hall sunset photo to coming to a live podcast record like how do you manage that process of building a relationship with someone where they convert from being a like on a screen to a bum in a seat having a conversation with you like what does that what does that look like for you Matthew yeah so it really is just all about the journey so it always starts it starts with a like you know it starts with the follow whether that's me liking their stuff or them liking my stuff that's where it starts 
And, you know, maybe then over a couple of weeks, then maybe it'll be a comment. And then maybe it'll be a couple of comments and then maybe there's a wee small back and forward conversation. And then it just gets to the point where you pull the trigger and, you know, you reach the DM stage. Right. You know, all of a sudden you're having yeah. a, a private conversation, you know, behind the DM wall. Yeah. And, you know, that could be about anything. It could be, it's mainly about their content because we're not creeps, you know. It's not just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, dude, like, I really, really like you. Like, how are you getting on? It's more like, oh, like, bro, I really, really like that photo. Like, do you mind if I share it? What camera did you use? Yeah. What do you do? You're a day job. Are you a professional photographer? Oh, you're not a professional photographer. Oh, you work for the council. That's really interesting. What do you do for the council? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I work as a bar, as a, a bartender. Oh, cool. What bar are you in? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Why are you like to? And it's just forming that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then from then, it's, would you like to grab a coffee sometime? And I think a lot of people don't realize this, but I'd say 80% of people that have come to a Best of Belfast event, I've probably had coffee with. So you've met with them. I've met with them prior. Yeah. Now there are kind of people who just show up. Yeah. Because they're brave. Yeah. Yeah. But typically speaking, Northern Irish people aren't that brave when it comes to situations like that. And in fairness, a lot of the people who do come to meetups who just show up are actually uh, tourists who are visiting in the city and who use meetup in their own town and just go on the app to say, oh, this is on today. Let's go. That's going to be cool. Or... Uh, local people have invited some of their friends along but it's all about actually tapping into the people who really care what you're talking about and for me like i've had to limit the amount of coffees that i kind of have with people uh because you know i also have to work (laughs) yeah um but you know there's something about connecting in the real world that the the online world will never do and you know i have i've started taking more phone calls now instead of you know, going straight to a coffee meeting and stuff because any opportunity you have to actually make a meaningful connection with somebody is is really worth it, especially with something like Best of Belfast because that is what it's all about. It is all about the community. The community is literally the backbone of the project. Mm. And so, you know, instead of us chasing vanity metrics, instead of us chasing 1,000 likes, instead of us chasing, oh, let's get 40,000 followers on Instagram, it we actually need to start chasing how can we have more deeper relationships with people yeah. how can we connect to people more how can we actually get people on board to our vision of what we're trying to achieve with best of belfast rather than someone who's just going to like our photos you know and I, okay i appreciate when people like the photos but at the end of the day it doesn't really do anything for anybody yeah. there's no value really given uh to either to either people you know to either party involved so why why are you investing so much time into this matthew because it- you know, undoubtedly it is a big investment of your time. And like you say, you know, you've got a day job, you've got a bills to pay, you've got a family. Um, why are you investing so much time into building this community? What's what's driving you to do that? I mean, I'll get this I'll get the kind of the less romantic one out of the way first. Yeah. And that is just I love to build things. Yeah. Um to my detriment. I have always loved to create things and start projects and build them and build them and grow them and grow them. And so it really is an, it's an opportunity for me to scratch my own curiosity, to learn a whole bunch of new things, and to develop myself in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, even something like this, like I really appreciate you getting me on the show today because it's an opportunity for me to actually develop my public speaking. 
Right. You know, I have never been on a podcast before. It's the first time I've been on. Seriously? 100%. So you've hosted how many it must be? Oh, yeah, like 15. D- yeah, I was going to say sure. over over a dozen. And you've, yeah. never been, you've never been on. So this is your first time on the other side of the I've microphone. never been on the other side of the mic. And wow. for me, going into this, I was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity for me to practice my communication skills. Yeah. And even being conscious of my ums and my ahs. Things like that. You know, I, I, I come in, I try to learn as much as possible. Best Belfast has been the greatest teacher I've probably ever had in my life. Um, well, my, the second best teacher. Uh, I started a t-shirt company when I was 16 and failed miserably at it. Right. And that probably was my best teacher. Yeah. But best of Belfast is definitely has taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, why do I dedicate so much time to this? You know, the real kind of more like bigger picture things are because I love Belfast. Because I've had this transformational experience of my own feelings towards the city and I want to give it to other people because I want Belfast to be known on the world stage as more than just the troubles you know when I was in America anytime I would tell people I was from Belfast their reaction would always be oh how's things still going on over there is everything still okay or it's like oh yeah man like is there still like those petrol bombs and all that stuff and I was like man that's re- that really sucks like, why do you not say, oh, yeah, C.S. Lewis is from there. Like, he's pretty cool. Or why don't you say, oh, I love Liam Neeson. Like, Liam Neeson is just one of my favorite actors. Or, oh, yeah, we really want to go to Belfast. It's been on our bucket list for ages and ages and ages. And I just don't like the negative narrative that surrounds Belfast. And at the core of what we do, and we've, we've made some tough decisions, some big decisions to stay away from certain things, to stay away from politics, to stay away from religion, to stay away basically anything that is highly divisive uh, in a society that is still quite divided in some aspects. And personally, I don't like the way 90% of the local media operates. I don't like, I heard someone describe it as this the other day. You can sense this. Maybe this is a little too weird. They, <laughs> they described it as outrage porn. Right. And what they basically were saying is it's so sens- sensationalized. It's so over the top. And it's put out there to provoke a violent reaction of some sort. Right. And it's that kind of tabloid culture. And I understand why. I understand that. You know, the newspaper industry is really dying out fast. I understand media companies are really struggling to to keep things afloat. And as a result, they need to turn. It's become a numbers game now. You know, we need to write a clickbaity headline because we know it gives us four times more click through than if we were just to do like a normal one. And I understand the position they're in, but I don't like it. Mm. And I feel like Belfast has so much more to offer than those people telling the story. And, you know, I'll sit down with anybody who works for big media. You know, I'm not going to name, I don't need to name any, any names because I don't, I'm not singling anybody out because I understand their, their position. But for me, you know, Belfast has so many stories to tell, so much going on in the startup world, so much going on in the music scene, so much going on in the creator world, like even the video world, like the content creators we have, the people who are on YouTube, people who are making short movies who work part-time as a bartender like those people deserve a platform to be featured on they deserve a space where their story can be told and looking around personally i just didn't see that at the time yeah and i really wanted best of belfast to stand in the gap of something that actually unifies everyone together 
It's not controversial. It's not political. It's not pushing some sort of a political agenda. But actually, we're looking to have some sort of a cultural change. You know, we're trying to change people's perception outside of Northern Ireland that Belfast is actually an amazing place to come to. It's an amazing place to be. And, you know, we want our economy to grow. We want tourists to come, you know, everything like that. But at the same time, I've made a conscious decision that we're not going to be visit Belfast, as in visit Belfast do a great job attracting people to the country. Mm. I wanted to go really, really go after the locals. And I really, really wanted local people to love where they live. And I just, I, it was a really, really simple kind of like primary school equation. I was like, how can we get people to love where they live? Well, maybe if they see that there are exciting things going on and interesting people, maybe they will, it's at least a step right. for how they can connect and love where they live. So that, that is like, that's the why behind Best of Belfast. The why is to really change the culture around Belfast. Yes, globally, but more importantly, locally. And just in, in the the negative kind of like sarcastic downplaying dark humor that I love about Northern Ireland. But let's dial it back a little bit when it comes to how we view ourselves and also how we view people in our city. Yep. Particularly when it comes to success, particularly when it comes to people who are actually doing something. Because this isn't just a Northern Irish issue, but around the world, I'm really passionate about, you know, there's this massive wave of people just living passively. You know, we wake up, we tune into our smartphones, we go to work, we come home, we watch Netflix and we go to sleep. And for me, that's just no way to live. But because that's kind of the prevailing culture, if anyone steps away from that, it's very easy to shoot them down. And I want to try to challenge that. Uh, instead of shooting those people down, let's actually celebrate them. Let's get behind them. Let's encourage them. Because as you know, and as the people listening know, to start anything is really hard. To start a business takes a lot of balls. To pursue any type of project and actually stick to it to make it work, it takes so much work, but it also takes so much more than just the individuals involved. It takes a community to come around them and to see it grow. So I kind of have this lofty vision of, wouldn't it be amazing if Fast of Belfast turned into this platform where whoever gets featured on it, like just gets so much value delivered to them. Like I'm talking to like, let's say you start a coffee shop next year. I don't know. Give me a random place in Northern Ireland. Strandmillis. Right. So you start one in Strandmillis. How amazing would it be that if you came on Best of Belfast, that you literally just got rammed with social media followers. You got people flocking to your shop. You got people such a buzz around it and people chatting about it and, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. All because of being featured on this platform. That's kind of like my goal. And I would love, I'd love us to move into more of a service based role. So, like, for example, you coming to me with your coffee shop, I would love then to be able to provide to pay someone to do amazing headshot photos for you and pay someone to maybe do you know some graphic design stuff for you and help you out with your uh, your online presence or even if it's just providing a short video for your business and then of course the full long form interview that you get to kind of show off to your your guests and your you know and your your customers and all type of stuff you know I just want to create a lot of value for the people who are stepping out the people who are actually pursuing something amazing I want to. I want to be their biggest champions. Yeah. You know, I want to cheer them on, and uh, yeah, I want to be their cheerleaders. I suppose. So you mentioned at the start there, Matthew, this idea of you had to almost fall in love with Belfast again. So um, I know you've mentioned you wanted to get out of Belfast as quickly as you could when you were when you were a little bit younger, and then you had to come back and go through that process of falling in love with the city 
um, that you'd known of for probably most of most of your life. I'm interested to hear how you would encourage other people to do that, not just in Belfast, but maybe wherever they are in the world. How can they begin to fall in love with where they are? Um, because I, th- I think what you've described is probably not a dissimilar feeling that a lot of people will have had, that they just want to get away from wherever they are or wherever they were born and go and experience the big wide world. How do you go about that that process of falling in love with wherever you are at the moment? Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like that grass is always greener syndrome. And I think that's actually was a really influential point in my own journey was having the opportunity to travel and seeing it in the people in the places that I was. Like being in New York City, chatting to a New Yorker and then it's being like, oh man, like I hate I hate New York City. Like I just want to get out of here. Like, oh, you're from Northern Ireland. Like I really wish I lived in Northern Ireland or... Uh, you know, I went to Nepal and everyone was like, oh my goodness, I would love to live in, in New York City. And then you go to Northern Ireland and someone's like, oh, I'd love to live in, in Nepal. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, why is no one satisfied with where they are? And okay, we could probably spend about four years chatting about the human, <laughs> the human condition yeah. of why that happens. Yeah. Um, but the biggest kind of like universal principles that I can encourage people to do is just to change your environment within your geographic location. So, for example, I think one of the reasons why I needed to get out of Northern Ireland for that change to exist is just because the prevailing culture was Northern Ireland sucks. And it's very hard to be anything outside of your environment. Right. A lot of people would push back against that. I don't care. I just think that's true. It's very, very, very difficult to be to go beyond what your environment dictates. Mm. So, 100%, if you do anything after this podcast please either listen to or read the book Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy. It's his first book. He's a very, very successful writer on a platform called Medium. And that book will give you everything that you need to change your environment when it comes to this stuff. And it's just really, really incredible because you need to look at who you're hanging out with. You need to look at what type of media you're consuming. You basically need to look at like what's 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 your input you know, am I am I inputting negative media about Belfast? Or am I surrounded by a group of people who are always bad mouthing Northern Ireland, are always bad mouthing the people in it, are always kind of saying, oh, I want to get out of here, this place sucks, blah, 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 blah. Because that is that's what you'll become if you if you're in that. Or another thing I think is hilarious, you know, we all say everyone's like, Oh, it rains all the time, it rains all the time, it rains all the time. Honestly, I think that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I promise you, I really don't think it actually rains that much. It definitely doesn't rain as much as people say it does. Right. Definitely not. And whenever you're out on the bike, you know the days that it rains. Or whenever you're out as a gardener, you know when it rains. And you know what? It just doesn't rain as much as people say it does. And that in itself is a really simple example of how we as a culture have bought in to something that might not be 100% accurate. So it's like negative self-talk. Yeah, it's then, self-talk. And then you go looking looking for reasons to affirm that. 100%. And then whenever you are out, you know, in Port Rush or something, and it does start to rain, what happens? Oh, look, I told you we shouldn't have come out here today. Look at it. It's absolutely raining cats and dogs. Da, 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 da. And then it just creates this this environment and this culture that doesn't, doesn't uh, it's not conducive. But other than that, like little things that you can do is simply just connect with people in your city. So again, put Netflix away, 
put Instagram down and just go out and connect with people. Um, people is ultimately what I think dictates your environment, also encourages you and all that type of stuff. Uh, also, just connect with what's going on in your city. Like another big prevailing thing in our culture is, oh, there's nothing on in Belfast. Belfast's got nothing to do. And actually, I was having a, a great chat with someone yesterday and we were saying, actually, there, someone needs to make a platform to cover actually all the things that are going on because there's so much going on that it's hard to keep track. So we tell ourselves stories and we we speak certain narratives over our lives and over our city. And I think we just need to be very careful about the story that we're actually telling and the story that we're actually listening to. Yeah. So imagine in one or two years time, you dander into a local coffee shop in Belfast and uh, you overhear two or three people sitting, having a conversation about best of Belfast. What is it that you're hoping to overhear in that conversation? Like what are some of the things that you hope they're saying? So I would love number one to hear that they are regular listeners like i i would just love to hear them having a conversation about let's just say the belfast coffee map right so episode number three was with gareth patterson founded the belfast coffee map just recently launched the causeway coast coffee map as well and i would just love that love to see them sitting in the coffee shop with their maps out saying that they were here because they listened to the podcast then they picked up a coffee map and now they're at this place and they're talking about where they want to go for lunch because they heard Be A Rebel Ramen make really, really gangster, awesome Asian food. And they heard their story and they heard how they're so driven by world-class produce. He was a Michelin chef, blah, 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 blah. And they found out because of the podcast. So I just love that because for me, that's the it's the purest execution of like our vision is actually there are people connecting to other local people because of best of belfast uh like or even just what like what are you going to do this week and they're like oh there's a best of belfast meetup on we should definitely go to that because they're so fun you know what i mean yeah uh and it's easy to sound like oh he's being vain he just wants his project to succeed truthfully as long as people are saying actually i love belfast or belfast is the place to be then i'm happy I'm happy to have maybe played a role in that. I'm not saying Best Belfast is going to be the vehicle that changes Northern Irish culture, but I really hope that we get to be a piece of that puzzle. And any positivity I hear about Belfast, any champions of Northern Ireland that I come across, I am just so encouraged and I'm so happy and I just hope that it continues. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'd like to change tack a little bit now and hear a little bit more about you, Matthew. So I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you if that's okay. Um, I'm interested to hear who some of your inspirations are. Like who are some of the people that have had the biggest impact on your life and why was that? Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier on, Tim Ferriss. And Tim Ferriss is a funny one because it's not even that I particularly subscribe to his worldview or the way he lives his life, but he has been incredibly inspirational and has really honestly taught me a lot it's funny to say that but we're living in the digital age where you know i have mentors who i've never met because i listen to their audiobooks or i listen to their podcast and they made they might have had more impact on me than than people i've actually met in real life which is really bizarre but that's just the world we live in and for me he has taught me a lot about 
being efficient and effective with your time. He's given me a lot of tools that have helped me to actually see my projects be realized instead of just let them be ideas or me run around for maybe four times longer than I need to to make those kind of like dreams or those passions a reality. Plus his interview style, he was the, it was the first ever podcast I listened to. And, you know, he's got a special place in my heart because he was the first person to introduce me to this long form sitting down for i mean his are crazy some of his ones are like four hours long like i don't i don't think i yeah yeah, i don't think i could like and i do listen to all of them but maybe over the course of like a few days but i don't think i'll ever be producing a four hour long podcast yeah but you know i'd I'd welcome a two-hour podcast it just really it's up to the guest you know um another big mentor again these are not not a real life person is seth godin Seth Godin, same sort of thing, has really, really been beneficial. The content that he's produced. And the key thing about both those guys are they're inspirational for me because I have been transformed by a piece of content that they've made, whether it's their podcast, whether it's their books, whether it's their talks. And for me, as a content creator, that encourages me, oh my goodness, I have the opportunity to do the same for somebody else. Yeah. So that's why they've been really, really significant, really influential. I always say to people, Liam Neeson is a big role model of mine, not because I want to be an actor or because I have any skills in that department, but I just remember growing up and so I'm 23, right? So I was born in 95. So the the Star Wars Phantom Menace was my first Star Wars, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm the, the prequel generation. <laughs> it's all you Star Wars guys listening. And for me, Qui-Gon Jinn, was just the most epic dude in the whole world. And I was like, this guy's amazing. You know, I want to be like Qui-Gon Jinn, blah, 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 blah. It was Liam Neeson playing him. And I remember the shock and the absolute awe that I felt when someone told me that he was from Balamina. And I just remember, I don't know how old I was. Let's just ballpark me around like six. I just remember being absolutely shell-shocked that someone from Balamina is actually a Jedi. (laughs) It's like someone who, like someone who's like 15 minutes away from me is actually doing this incredible thing because I think the whole world's been Americanized to a certain degree. And it's just, for me, it was just this moment where I was like, oh my word, like Northern Irish people are doing stuff. And you know, there's a whole long list of, of people like him. And yeah, I'd probably say those are my three. I never would have imagined I would have said those three before coming in here, but that's just what you got today. Yeah, that's that's great. Thanks. What is one thing about you that might surprise people? So what's one thing that maybe people don't already know about you that they might be quite shocked to find out, if anything? I think I've already kind of played my card of the introvert. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people perceive me as an extrovert because I love public speaking. I love connecting. I am a social butterfly. Um, I think what people maybe don't know is a lot of the strategy that goes on behind the scenes. So I tend not to publicize or bore people with the nitty gritty of what goes on behind the content. And I've been quite intentional. I've no, I've literally no problem saying this. I've been quite intentional about controlling the narrative of just this random Deliveroo dude who has set up this project for the crack. Let's just see how it goes. Because for me, whether it was the right decision or not, for me, I saw that as 
an easy vehicle, an easier pill for people to swallow than if I had have said, hi, my name is Matthew Thompson. I'm a digital marketer and I'm a freelancer and I'm setting up this storytelling startup to help share the stories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just something I saw in our culture. And so I was like almost trying to Trojan horse it through. And I would say maybe, you know, a lot of people don't know that I um, have my own business. A lot of people don't know that I'm self-employed. A lot of people don't know the work that goes in behind the scenes. Like at this point in time, each episode can take anywhere from 10 to 20 hours. And that's just insane for me. Yeah. And... I've got a couple of things to do with my workflow to, to change that 100%. But, it, you know, people don't maybe necessarily know how much effort goes in behind the scenes. That and, oh, there's something else in my head. Oh, yeah. I think as well, people just assume because you've got 20,000 Instagram followers that you're making millions. And you think the brands are falling over themselves and that you get everything for free. And, you know, that's just not the case. Sometimes it happens and, that, and that's lovely. But another commitment we've made is, you know, we're not we're not an advertising platform. You know, we're only going to partner up with people who actually we think there's value for both people, for both Best of Belfast, for our listeners, for our audience, for our followers, but then also for the brand involved. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Yeah, I actually know this one straight away. This is something that I go back to probably once a week. And I can't even pronounce the name of the of the person. As far as I've gathered, she is just a random radio host from Dubai. Uh, really, I think I think you know I don't even think she's written a book. But I came across this quote from her, and it said, "Be who you needed when you were younger." And for me, I could near cry thinking about that. Like that is so at the core of how I want to live my life. We all experience things in our childhood and through our teens that are difficult. And I think if all of us just really grasped a hold of becoming the people that we actually needed when we were at an early stage of our lives, I think the world would be an incredible place. So I think about, you know, Let's filter that through the lens of Best of Belfast. I think about, you know, 16-year-old Matthew who was struggling with mental health problems, hated Northern Ireland, and wanted to escape. What can I do now, you know, at the age of 23, to, even if it's a small thing, right? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't need to be, change the whole world, right? But even if it just can be a small piece of that puzzle, what can I do to a similar 16-year-old who's doing that now? And for me at this stage, it's how can I make them fall in love with Belfast? And yeah. The last sort of section that I always like to end with is a couple of sort of quick fire questions. But before we get to that, I always like to finish with um, this question. I find it really interesting. So if your house was on fire and assuming all your family, friends, pets got out safely, what's the one thing that you're going to make sure that you grab on your way out the door? Probably my Kindle, um, which is really stupid because it's all backed up on the cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I just, I love my Kindle and I've got so much like highlights on it. And I just, I just think the Kindle is one of the most gangster things ever made 
because I have a whole library in my pocket. Yeah. It's just insane. I, that's a really stupid one because you have a Kindle app on your phone, so I might as well just bring the phone, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the Kindle is, it's an amazing, amazing piece of tech and it, it's allowed me to learn so much all, all just from the one device. Yeah. I've got no, I'm not really a material guy. Um, you know, I have my wedding ring, which I really like. I have uh, like this woolly hat from my granda, which is something that, that means a lot to me. Oh, actually, I've got a better one. This uh, this actually is it. Sorry. Uh, so my granda had, has this book called Shifted. No, no, sorry. Sifted Silver. And it's this book of quotations. Right. And it's one of the few. That and the hat are the only two possessions that I, I have that belong to him. And what was really cool about that book was it's just this like, I think the, the caption is like a treasury of quotations to help you through life. And it's just this book like categorized in alphabetical order by topic. And you can just flick to it and just see like these quotes from these amazing guys in history. Right. But he had this kind of habit of writing a little note in the front of the books and he just wrote his name and he wrote the, the date that he bought it, but he bought it the year that I was born. So for me, like I, that is a very, very sentimental mm. possession that I have. And I don't have very many of them. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a minimalist when it comes to possessions. But and even books, because of the Kindle, I have very few books. But that is one book that I have just have not been able to throw away over the years. Yeah. So, yeah, probably go for that. It's better than a Kindle. <laughs> yeah, that's your treasure. Yeah, that's great. So a couple of quick fire questions then. So Instagram or Twitter? I like Instagram more because Twitter's just very noisy, though it is much better for having a conversation. Reading or watching TV? Can I actually go for the third option of audiobooks? Yeah, sure. That's great. Because the audiobooks are changing my life. Uh, listening to them, you know, even cycling here today, just stick the audiobook in or doing the dishes. I've become a much better husband because of audiobooks. <laughs> because. Uh, I do that, you know, I do them while I do the chores and it makes me actually do my, do my chores, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great. What's your favorite magazine and why? Don't read magazines. No, not a big magazine reader. Oh, sorry. Turf and grain. Somehow that's in my head. That's more of like a like published novel than it is a magazine. Turf and grain. Amazing guy. Simon Worthington set this project up and it's basically sharing the stories of people in the island of Ireland each episode is a different topic so for example the last issue there was makers and it's just this talk about quality talk about like slow cooked journalism i mean they haven't turf and green haven't even committed to doing an episode or sorry an issue a year because they're so committed to getting the quality right so the amount of work that goes into this magazine and it's hardly a magazine because it's like printed on like amazing card and feels like, you know, which is worth like 40 quid and all this type of stuff. But yeah, turf and grin. Yeah, I've picked it up. It's a, uh, it's a great one. City or countryside? I like city living with country escapes. So great. usually once a month, Jackie and I will go to, we got married in Donegal. We will get an Airbnb somewhere in Donegal and get away from it. I think that retreating aspect is really important, especially for an introvert like me, because I think New York nearly killed me <laughs> a few times because right. uh, I didn't really have those vehicles of escape. And weaving that, I like to do high intensity on 
and high intensity off if that's even such a thing yeah, yeah it makes sense um yeah. that is the how i personally my rhythm is really geared towards something like that so great bit of an unusual one when was the last time you sang to yourself and can you remember what you were singing yeah i, I sang this morning i sing every uh, not only every day but like probably most hours of the day is that right? i am i am I'm a real like i have conversations with myself out loud i sing to myself when i'm uh on the bike and i'm listening to a song i'll just sing i don't really care <laughs> i got in this habit when i was in new york of just eating on the subway if i liked a bit of a song i just sing it and again it's another wee way for me to get out of my comfort zone um but what was the song this morning i think it was probably coldplay coldplay are my they're my dudes so great and then last one what's the best gift you've ever received Hmm. The best gift. This is really again boring, but uh, I got uh, twenty-four audiobooks on Audible wow. for Christmas, and that was yeah probably the best gift I've ever yeah, got. That's great, super. So, I'm gonna wrap up now, Matthew. Before um, before we do that. I wondered if you had one episode of your podcast, Best of Belfast, that you would call out that you'd really like most people to listen to. But I'm not sure if that's a little bit like making you choose your favorite, <laughs> your favorite child or something. I tell you what, we'll keep this the most easiest and we'll just do the most recent. Yeah. So the most recent episode was with a gentleman called Gavin Wall. That's a really interesting episode because you're getting someone from who's a very successful businessman who's also trying to make deep community change in North Belfast. So I think that's a really unique perspective because he's not a politician, he's not a social worker, he's not a charity, he's a private individual who's trying to make big changes in a neighborhood that he loves. So just that last one, episode 15. Yep. That's great. And the way I always like to close is just giving you an opportunity to share how people can find out more about you. So you might want to share some of your social handles, your website, or if there's anything else you'd like to mention, you're sort of going to close out the show. Cool. So, I mean, the landing page as such is just Instagram. So it's at best of Belfast. If you go to the website, bestbelfast.org, you'll find all the other links that you need. And that includes the podcast, which is on everywhere, Spotify, YouTube, Apple podcasts, blah 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 that's great thanks so much for your time today matthew it was really awesome speaking to you dude thank you very much really appreciate it